I have an amazing Thoughtful Techie Cloud episode for you today. I got the opportunity to sit down with one of my colleagues, Jennifer Smith, and we did an interview about her non-traditional journey to become an AWS Solutions Architect. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into this interview. I am here with a very special guest today. Welcome, Jennifer Smith. Hi, Jennifer. How's it going? Going well. How are you today, Greg? Doing pretty good. Both Jennifer and I are solutions architects at AWS. And before we get kicked off here, I want to just say that all of the views expressed in this interview are our own. Jennifer, in talking with you over the last couple of weeks, it's my understanding that you've had quite a non-traditional journey into becoming a solutions architect. Just wondering if you could just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. Again, my name is Jennifer Smith. I'm a solution architect at AWS. I've been with the company for about 15 months now. My background is really security, risk, and compliance. Definitely not a developer. I wasn't an architect. And being in the compliance world is where I really became passionate about designing systems. As you may be aware, there are a lot of findings and from auditors and examiners when they come in to do an assessment on an organization. And what I found was that a lot of the architects at that time were just developing these solutions and environments and didn't really have a risk mindset and really wasn't looking at the controls, like security controls. And so then I was like, I want to be a risk architect. And so after having some mentorship and talking to a few folks, now I've been at AWS again, like I said, 14 months, but in this role, just two months, and I'm just so excited about being here. Thanks, Greg. That's great. Yeah, that's great. I've been at AWS for over six years now. And how does that 14 months felt to you? Oh, what I can say is fast paced. What I love about AWS is that everyone is willing to share information. Everyone is a part of your journey. And what I love is that we're really passionate about working backwards for our customers. It's all about the customer here at AWS. And I just, I'm having a good time. Yeah, that's great. I've been here six years and I learned that early on that AWS is super customer obsessed always work backwards from the customer and figure out how do you structure those AWS Lego blocks to help the customers build the right architecture to ultimately achieve those business outcomes. So that's really great. And another thing I really like as a solution architect at AWS, as you've mentioned, Jennifer, it's a very collaborative culture. There's more than 200 plus services. That's quite a lot for any one person to handle. And it's great to be able to collaborate and work with your internal team to, to tackle these challenges and problems together. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's a lot of services, but what AWS does a great job at is we have white papers, we have skill builder where you can go and really play in a console so you can have a better understanding of some of the services, build your environment. And what I just say is just, you fail fast, right? It's that learn to be curious. That's right. You bring up a good point about failing fast. Cloud establishes that, that quick feedback loop. So you can have the liberty to test something out. And if it doesn't work, you can choose to pivot versus persevere. So one thing I'm interested in, it looks like you have a really great background, especially in the risk and security area. How did you get into tech to begin with? <laughs> oh, yeah. So originally I wanted to be a lawyer. I love debate. And okay. so I was working at Blue Cross Blue Shield, North Carolina for about 12 years early in my career. Started off as a claim specialist, 
moved over to QA specialist. And then I became a business analyst where I was working with the Department of Insurance. So they will come in and do some of our exams. And that's where I got more exposure to risk and compliance. And at that point, I was working on a team back then, it's more waterfall. Now we're agile, but I was working in a waterfall team where we had solution architects, we had business analysts, system analysts, developers. And I was like, I want to be a systems analyst. I understood the business requirements and what I had to do is translate them over to the system analyst so they can translate those requirements into system requirements, the functional requirement aspect of designing the system. And at that point I was like, oh, I want to get on that side. And so I had an opportunity to become a system analyst at Fidelity Investments. And that's where I learned, really got exposure into the tech world, working with architects, understanding APIs. That was my first role in SOA. And from there, I went to Nationwide and I worked in a support role 24 by 7. And I liked it because I felt like Superwoman when it's calling me 2 a.m. in the morning. I felt important. And so that's, that's when right. I really started diving deep into technology because I had to get up in the middle of the morning and help figure out what was going on with some of our issues and looking at our Splunk dashboards, et cetera. And then at that time, I transitioned back over to compliance world. I was an audit, but I focused on IT audit and security audit. And that kind of was my path until leading up to AWS. Then I got back into regulatory exams. Then I had a chance to work in ProServe, doing some consulting on security and risk and compliance side. And then I had the opportunity to move over to become a solutions architect. And like I said, I'm excited about this role and I'm excited about really having that risk mindset and working backwards from the customers because a lot of our customers, as you may be aware, they're always thinking about security. They're always thinking about compliance. They're always thinking about the risk, right? Before you build any solutions, like how much is it going to cost? Am I going to be compliant? What about when the regulators come in? Am I going to be able to produce evidence that's responsive? And so that's why I'm excited about this role is because I'm coming in at it from a different lens than most solution architects. I'm coming in from a perspective of, I'm really thinking about the customer. I'm really thinking about their business objectives and the objectives that they're trying to achieve and making sure that they have that risk mindset lens as we build out solutions for them. That's great. Good question for you. Any plans on specializing? Oh yeah. So I definitely plan on really focus on security aspect. Networking is a weakness of mine and I am challenging myself after I become a specialist in security to really join one of the community groups that we have internally at AWS and get into networking because I think networking is really the core of what we do and really having the ability to understand networking from the beginning to the end, it's really gonna set me up for success as well as help me build that confidence that my customers need when they are looking at our solutions. And it's really just gonna make sure that I can have a bigger impact as I build solutions and I can talk to different aspects of our services at any layer when I really have that networking background. That's good. I can tell you one thing that's been consistent mm -hmm. in my time mm -hmm. at AWS and still continues to be and will be is that security yeah. is job zero. So security is definitely a great uh, area to focus on because uh, it's not something that you can overlook because if there's no security, that's the bedrock and the foundation to the the architecture that's built on top. So it's great that you're focusing on security. And I also like to see how you're, you're stretching yourself and also diving into the networking too. Interesting fact, I used to be a former network engineer. So I spent many years dabbling around the seven layers of the OSI model, layer two, layer three, layer seven, and all that great stuff. In my opinion, the networking piece is kind of like the unsung hero because it's the stuff that when it works, you don't really see or hear too much about it. But when it 
it's not working. That's what it becomes. It bubbles up uh, to the top. So nice. I look forward to stuff. picking your brain on some networking subjects. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, we can nerd out on that. Was it becoming a solution architect? your end goal or did yeah, that happen? Initially, like I said, in the beginning, I want to be a lawyer. Criminal justice was really my thing. And then I started poking around a little bit and in intellectual property once tech start really blowing up um, for my generation anyway. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll look at IP stuff. But it really didn't become a goal of mine until I really got into the compliance world. Because like I said, it's, that's where I start. I was the compliance girl. So I had to either mitigate the risk by coming up with the action plan or I was the person who was actually going after my stakeholders saying, hey, you got to find here because you're not following the process. And when I started doing deeper analysis, it tied back to how we were building our environment at the end of the day. And I'm not here to blame the solution architects at that time, because at the end of the day, you have leadership is all about speed to market. And, and the goal with that is to make sure that they get their products out there to consumers. And so one of the things that I was trying to really focus on is how can I be more proactive in my solution and my approach? What's the best way to do that? And being in first, second, and third line of defense, there's some proactiveness there, but I think it really tied back to being an architect and having that risk mindset and lens. Yeah, it's an awesome story. Sometimes people take a very structured path and sometimes our life experiences just take us to where we are. So that's good to hear. So I'm sure a lot of folks would want to hear my next question I'm about to ask. I know I personally get asked this question a lot. Could you tell from your perspective, what's the day in the life look like for a solution architect to those out there that may aspire to? to no, so the day in life is really just sitting with your customers. For me, it's sitting down with my customers, understanding their pain points understanding their objectives. What is the mission? What is your vision? And really being able to relate to that and having that business acumen that's going to help you foster that relationship and the communication that you really need to pull out those requirements. Because sometimes they don't really know what they want. They have a vision, but they can't really put it in words. And so you're really there as that trusted advisor, that partner to really help them understand, okay, this is the end goal based off of what you're saying. And making sure that when you build solutions for the customer, that you're working backwards from that vision, as well as you want to make sure that your solutions are sustainable, scalable, because you don't want to get your customer in a situation where they can only build up to here and they have, a, there's a max. We want to make sure that they can move around as they need to based on their business, as their business grows. And so the biggest thing for me is just really being that trusted advisor, working with them from beginning to the end, even if you have to pull in some of your specialists, right? Some of your security specialists, your networking specialists, but you always want to be there as that trusted advisor, working with them and making sure they never feel like they're alone throughout this journey and this process, that's the biggest thing for me. And it's all about education, right? Educating them on our services, making sure you educate them from our perspective of where they are when it comes down to their technology journey and their experience and exposure and always making it seem like it's a safe place. But yeah, that's day in life for me. Awesome. Okay, cool. I have another question I'd like to ask you, Jennifer, and if you're comfortable okay. asking it. I know right now it's very apparent that in terms of the underrepresented communities and the women in tech, there's a disconnect between, I would say, all the great talent out there and people working in positions. I know when I first got to AWS, one of the things I was thinking in the back of my mind is like, 
sometimes in the various venues, I was asked myself, I was like, I really don't see a lot of people that look like me delivering these, these keynotes or these breakout sessions. And that was a concern for me. What kind of tips can you give based on your own journey in terms of how to be successful, uh, in the tech world to other people that may have those share the same sentiment that they want to break into tech, but they might feel a little bit overwhelmed that, Hey, I don't see a lot of people like me doing this. Just curious there. Yeah. What I would say first and foremost, faith over fear, really taking a step back and just putting yourself out there. Networking is key. You probably heard it a million times, but it's all about networking. The reason why I have the opportunities that I've had in the past and today is because of networking, branding yourself, marketing yourself every day. You're a walking billboard. So make sure that your voice is heard. Make sure that people understand your end goal and the things that you're trying to do to get there. Get people to give you different opinions on where you're at in your journey from all walks of life, whether someone that's senior in their role and even someone that's an intern, we can learn from everyone. And one of my favorite LPs at AWS is want to be curious, right? Dive deep, read as much as you can. There's a ton of free resources out here. So when I interact with people and they said, I can't I personally don't understand that because YouTube is your best friend. Google oh, is yeah, your best friend. Plus, like I said earlier, we have a certification and training platform that offers free training just for you. Before I came over to AWS, I was playing in the console. And now mm -hmm. I, I'm still playing in the console and going through some of our free workshops. And then feel free to just, I'm a big proponent of dropping DMs in LinkedIn in a professional way. So if you see someone that has a role that you aspire to have or is doing something that you want to do, reach out to them. All they can say is no. And don't let that one no stop you. Continue to That's reach right. out to folks. You introduce yourself and tell them what you're looking for and tell them what you've done. If it's just five minutes, 10 minutes, it doesn't have to be 30 minutes of someone's time because we all have a lot going on. So if it's just five minutes, have your structured agenda, have your questions ready and just get those five minutes. And if you can get face to face, awesome. But if not, Feel free to just throw those questions in the chat. You may get a response, yep. you may not. And another thing I would suggest is going back to building your brand is come up with something that you're really passionate about, interested in. So if you're learning something, talk about it. Talk about what you learned and that's going to help you give back to others as well as showcase that you're upskilling yourself and you're trying to grow in your journey as well. So that's what I was saying. I tell you what, I need my, I need my pencil and patty so I can write all this knowledge down and drop in here. Thank goodness this is recorded and we got this. <laughs> so I can play this back. I need to rewatch this again. I hear that. But yeah. Yeah. I would echo your sentiment there is in terms of personal brand and just being bold. Now is not the time to be scared because closed mouths don't get fed. That's what no, I learned. Don't. And sometimes the hard way too. So now when I'm hungry, I open my mouth so I can eat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, journey. it's like, <laughs> exactly. So we're going to wrap things up here. We talked about a lot of great stuff, I would say. And in closing, if you could distill everything down and just, if, if people walk away from this interview, if you could just leave them with one thing, what would it be before we close out? Dream big and fail fast. Wow. All right. You heard it here first, folks, from Jennifer. Dream big and fail fast. Yeah. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, and this was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And on that note, we're going to sign off and we'll see you around. Take right. care. Thank you, Greg. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Thoughtful Techie Cloud Podcast. 
Listen, if you want to get a hold of me and give me feedback, you can do so very easily. Just text me at 213-516-6306. Look forward to hearing from you.